Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. It is January 3rd, 2023. With that being said, Happy New Year. And thank you to everybody in the previous year. I apologize for not having a video or, excuse me, a podcast out before the new year was up. I was taking a little bit of a hiatus and a break uh, in between the down week that it was in sports. But first off, out of the gates, I just want to say thank you. If you don't know who is talking by now on this podcast, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to the pod. If you uh, are new to this podcast, this podcast is all about Seattle sports. This is about uh, the Kraken. This is about the Mariners. This is about the Seahawks. This is about um, reports out of the Seattle Times. I cover pretty much everything major-wise. I do do some stuff called ETW, which, if those of you don't know, is called Around the World segment, where I just do a pretty much a brief breakdown of all the tr- top trending topics in Bleach Report, Twitterland, ESPN, all that good stuff. But first off, today's podcast, I need to start the podcast out for saying... Um, how incredibly scary and sad last night's football game um, that happened between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to the young man, uh, Devon Harmland's family, uh, and all that good jazz. It is an absolutely, um, it's a very sad day. I apologize for not having a huge amount of energy for this uh, segment. It's just very humbling. You know, as a 30-year-old man, myself i see um younger men younger guys and younger people in general these days just having freak accidents and things happen that no one can anticipate or prepare for um it's just a reminder a healthy reminder to all of us who you know this world we live in is not an easy place you know some people make the uh, make the saying or the phrase that life is what you make it i absolutely believe in that i really do um, but also there's some things that are not within our physical control. We saw that last night. Um, but yeah, just the incredible response from Bill's Mafia, their fans, the Bengals fans, uh, just trying to do everything possible to uh, give outreach and love uh, and you know thoughts and prayers to, to, to this uh, young man's family, his loved ones, everybody that was affected, the Buffalo Bills, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, both these teams have done an incredible amount of generosity and donations to this young man's organization and his fund. Um, I saw in the last 24 hours that his uh, he has a toy fund that he gives away toys for every year in the Buffalo area, has eclipsed the $4 million mark, which is an absolutely incredible showing uh, by all fans that are not just football fans, they're just people that see something bad and they feel like the least thing they can do is trying to uh, bring help to his cause that he was so passionate about. So at this current time, the only information stated was that it was a cardiac arrest. They were able to get his vitals under uh, back to or as close to um, stable as they could so they could get him safely as possible to the hospital. There has been no further update from the Buffalo Bills or the NFL at this current time regarding the status and health updates of, of the young man. But it's... Um, just again, it's so hard, you know, that we all love, we all love football and our sports so much, but sometimes this is a reminder that these are people too, you know, they're not just athletes, they're not just a performer, they're not just an entertainer for us, they're a human being, and you know, it's, they have an incredible uh, skill set that allows them to perform a range of duties and tasks, no different than we do in our, in our jobs, you know, if you're great at cleaning, or if you're great at managing people, if you're great at being a chemist, right? 
people all have their niches in this world and uh this young man's niche was football and i hope and pray that um i don't know if he's gonna be able to come back and playing no obviously none of that information's been announced or uh leaked or released yet but the best thing we can do is just say um a prayer and a thought of hope and goodwill for this young man and his family i'm gonna take a moment of silence um just to reflect and uh and uh the remembrance of everything that happened last night and uh hopefully we will be able to see him back sooner than later in some form back to the nfl thank you okay um yeah apologies again this is not my normal opening for a podcast obviously but i had to address this right out of the gate so i just want to get that um as the first docket um it has been announced that this game will not be picked up or uh will not be resumed excuse me for the bare lack of better correct words and language that this game is looking like it's trending towards a tie is what the most realistic option is because of the fact that this is the towards the end of the regular season playoff implications are on the line uh we'll get more information as that is become available to uh the public and to the press so there's that for you guys. Um, but yeah, Damar Hamlin, we uh, we rest and uh, we hope and pray for you, brother, and hope that you're able to get back to your dreams sooner than later. And if you're not able to go back to playing football just to do the health scare or a condition, that you can be some kind of an assistant coach and still stay within the game that you love and worked your whole life for to achieve your dreams. Uh, Red Sox and Rafael Devers uh, have agreed to a one-year deal to avoid avoid arbitration. This is reported by Jeff Passan of ESPN. Uh, one-year, $17.5 million for Rafael Devers. For those who don't know, no, Rafael Devers is the third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, who is anticipated to be a free agent at the end of next season. We'll be curious to see what happens with that. Buzz uh, among multiple reports is that the owner, David Tepper of the Carolina Panthers, has already spoken with Jim Harbaugh regarding Carolina's head coaching vacancy. Uh, no more information at this current time, just the fact that they have had conversations in general. Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, formerly of the Utah Jazz, dropped 71 points last night, became the seventh player in NBA history to drop a 70-piece. And uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing night and amazing performance by him. And he was, uh, he started off his post game conference also reaching out and having uh, thoughts and prayers for uh, the young man from Buffalo. Um, Lions Packers has been flexed to Sunday night football. Um, I need to tread carefully with this topic because I think this is absolutely stupid. I think they are catering specifically towards Aaron Rodgers, not towards Jared Goff, which I think is an absolute atrocity and a shame to the NFL. I don't care. If the Packers have been playing good the last few weeks, Aaron Rodgers is an embarrassment to the NFL. He is not a role model for young children anymore. The Lions have had one of the greatest, most unpredictable rise to seasons. Um, For those who do not know, fun fact, um, there has been a curse in Detroit. I don't have the exact name of the player, which I apologize for. I heard this via Brock Hewitt a couple of weeks ago that Peyton Manning went there and burned one of the jerseys of the players or did something along the lines of a sacrifice to try and get rid of a curse because the player, when he was released, said this this organization will never win a championship as long as I am a part of it or I wear a jersey. Since that's happened... The Lions have won seven of eight ball games. They are playing red-hot football. Jared Goff is distributing the ball well. Um, I was a huge Green Bay Packer fan when I was a kid, but that only goes so far these days, especially when we're talking about um, how important the timing of these games are. Because based upon what the NFC playoff pitcher looks like, 
the Seahawks and Rams game has a ton of implication for the Lions. If the Seahawks win, then the Lions know that they have to win or go home. If the Seahawks lose, the Lions make the playoffs. It's given, it's done, they can rest their starters. This is my problem with this. Why don't both games start at the exact same time? Because then you're going to have players on teams that are distracted. It's going to take away from the overall performance on the game or on the field product. This is a fact. This is a given fact of what happens because guys, you know, players are people. They are have different interests. They want to make sure what's going on in other games. How is that going to apply? How how hard they're performing and playing in their current game? Stuff like that. But I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand why they had to do it the way they did. But this is just coming down to getting as much um, fans and ratings as possible. So... Uh, as all of us, uh, all of us Lions fans, I guess, uh, you know, I guess I shouldn't really root for the Lions because if the Lions win, the Seahawks don't make the playoffs, but I'm not rooting for Green Bay this year. Sorry, not sorry. The Penn State Nittany Lions cruise past the Utah Utes for the second consecutive Rose Bowl in program history. Um, see here, 35-21 is the final. Sean Clifford, quarterback, for those who were, uh, kids back in the day, you know, Clifford, the, the big red dog, that's what they like to call him, apparently. 16-21 through the air, 279 yards, two touchdowns. Nicholas Singleton, seven rushes on the ground, 120 yards, two touchdowns. They really just blew him out. Tulane shocked USC with the last 10-second uh, win drive, uh, beating Caleb Williams and the Trojans. That's pretty big. Christian McCaffrey has a mild ankle sprain, uh, is considered day-to-day. -day. Aaron Banks, left guard for the Niners as well, has a knee ankle sprain, is out Sunday, but will hopefully be able to return for the first playoff game. And then a couple of uh, Alabama players have officially uh, declared for the draft. Obviously, number one, potential number one pick, uh, Bryce Young is uh, declaring for the draft. And also Will Anderson. And then they have a safety as well who is uh, committing to the draft as well. So a couple of short topics for you guys on Around the World today. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Mariners, still quiet. Still quiet. Um, I don't really know really where to go with this, to be completely honest with you guys. it's uh, It's been an off-season of mostly frustration. Granted, we did... Uh, we got to, to Oscar Hernandez. We got Colton Wong. We signed, um, I can't even remember the dude's name. I feel so bad that I'm not remembering this. Trevor Gott, excuse me. Uh, that was the release picture. They uh, they signed to a one-year, $1.2 million deal. When the Mariners are staying quiet, the conversations and trades are starting to pick up a little bit more, but it's still pretty quiet overall in the industry. There's nothing from Ryan Davis, nothing from John Boyle, nothing from Larry Stone right now. Um, I listened to the Extra Innings podcast, which is a really good listen. It's Ryan Divish's podcast, and they have those uh, two guys of Adam Jude and uh, Larry Stone on there. They usually do that about once a week if they can try to do so. Um, but the conditions in uh, uh, Harv or Havre or whatever, however you say that the town that Ryan Davis lives in, um, has been pelted by snow and crazy rain and temperature fluctuations. So he's a little bit behind the eight ball, so I'm trying to. Just trying, just trying to be patient with that. But the conversations on Brian Reynolds are still prevalent. It's still an option. I believe that they're probably going to ask for Jared Kelnick, Emerson Hancock, Harry Ford, which is probably doable. Like, yeah, that removes your number one overall um, prospect in Harry Ford. Harry Ford's probably three, four years away. For those of you who do not know who Harry Ford is, he is the number one catching prospect, number one overall prospect in the Mariners organization, MLB Pipeline. Uh, catcher, second base, plus speed, good back, very good arm, 
but he's a ways away. So well, I'll keep my ear down, down to the ground on this, but I have heard a name of uh, Anthony Santander has been a name uh, from Baltimore who's been getting a lot of interest lately. That could make sense possibly for the Mariners. I don't know what how the Orioles really view him. He's 28 years old, switch hitter. Hits lot, lots of doubles, had 28 home runs last season, got good pop. Not a great athletic outfielder in general, but uh, it's going to be a topic and conversation as we go on every week. It seems like we're just waiting, just literally it's like I'm sitting by my phone. I'm checking probably two to three times a day when I was like checking 20 to three times a day because I'm obsessive and I pride myself in trying to be, you know, an information broker for, for you guys who try and, you know, rely upon me to get that to you, which is fine. But um, it's just been frustrating, like I just talked about, because it's, you know, you see what the Mariners have done. You see what all the other, what the other teams have done. You know, Texas spent a crap load of money. I'm putting that very kindly, PG. Um, Oakland's just kind of still prepping. A report came out this morning. They will be op- uh, possibly trading Seth Beer outfielder. That's not going to really apply to Seattle. Because they're looking for a right-handed bat to both to platoon with Jared Kelnick in left field. But uh, the international draft is officially less than two weeks away. That means Felon Celestine, for those who don't know who he is, he is the number two overall consensus prospect in the entire international draft class. He is a 17-year-old, almost excuse me, almost 17-year-old uh, switch-hitting shortstop prospect out of the Dominican Republic. He is absolutely an intriguing prospect. He's very much like a Frankie Lindor, Wander Franco kind of build. Uh, very, very, very talented player. Very young, very raw. But uh, could see him on a similar path they did with Julio with getting him into the leagues within three to four years. And if that's the case, you could have a, t- a tandem of Felnan, Celestine, and Julio Rodriguez. Okay, that's going to be the Mariners segment for today. It was a short one. There's really not anything in the Mariners land right now, so I'm just trying to keep it as a bare bones. Um, Seahawks played some football. Finally played some football. First off, I got to say, and I got some Jets fans. I got a buddy of mine who's a diehard gangrene Jets fan, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Mike White, I don't know if it was how the offensive line performed. They really struggled dealing with the outside pass rush of Daryl Taylor in that game on Sunday. Uh, two and a half sacks and a strip fumble for, for, for Taylor in that game. But the Jets' offense just was completely inept in that game. They weren't really do much of able to do anything. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. Um, Treak Wollen really shut down his side. Sauce Gardner did pretty much the same thing on his side of, of the field. But I'm going to do more takeaways in that game. But what I want you guys to focus on in this game, I looked at Boy Mafe, who I thought had a really good game. I really like what I saw out of Cody Barton uh, when he stepped in for and, and do replacement of Jordan Brooks, who unfortunately has a torn ACL. He will be out, obviously, the rest of the season, and his status for 2023 is now in question mark, which is going to affect the draft process considerably for your Seattle Seahawks. So I'll do more of a um, of draft profiles, players like that. When we get to that part of the, of, of the year when it's draft you know, focus and stuff like that, but it's a huge, massive loss, obviously. Cody Barton, or excuse me, Jordan Brooks is one of the top three tackling linebackers in all of football. So losing that is going to be a massive hole and a gap and a gap filled. I have not seen them sign anything off the practice squad. I only have Tanner Muse on there. They I know they signed Vi Jones. Vi Jones is more of an edge rusher than he is a linebacker at this point. I was really high on him in preseason, but that was obviously just preseason, so 
Um, John Radigan's a name maybe that they had. He played pretty decently last year, but I would not be surprised if they try and cut somebody off of the active roster to get somebody in at linebacker depth. Um, I don't think you want Nick Ballore in there. Nick Ballore probably needs to stay at special teams because his value there is much higher than at linebacker position. Uh, congrats to Gino for uh, eclipsing 4,000 yards for this season. He earned a $1 million incentive bonus on Sunday with hitting the 4,000 mark. So congrats to Gino on that. That's a huge feat uh, to, to accomplish, especially for the first time starting in over a decade in the NFL. So congrats to Gino and the organization on that. And uh, that's kind of that's going to be today's pod. It's going to be a couple minutes shorter. I've been keeping them right around 20 minutes for you guys or so, 20, 25. Uh, but this is just kind of, uh, you know, off the seat of my pants, kind of like winging it for you guys today. So let me know what you guys think. On my Twitter handle, you can find me, capital PNW Professor, on there. Facebook, if you just like Facebook stuff and updates and little uh, fun, like little posts and stuff like that, you can find it at Sports of the Northwest with the Green Mariners insignia. And a huge thank you and congratulations to not just patting myself on the back because that would be kind of weird, but just to every single person who has either tuned in, listened, subscribed, enjoy this podcast, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This is a huge uh, accomplishment for me. We have hit 7,000 download mark on this podcast. We are officially worldwide um, this is a project I do on my own. I record it on my own. I edit it on my own. All the research is on my own. So, um, just really thankful, really appreciative of everybody for who just continuously tune, uh, tunes in and has feedback and it just enjoys the podcast. Cause that's what this is all about. And we'll be continuing to build this brand. I apologize. I'm still in the work of trying to figure out some merch. It's really hard right now with still the COVID, uh, shortening or the shortened amount of product available to get without people wanting an astronomical amount of markup right now. So I am working on that still. Um, I, t- I mentioned briefly earlier in a previous podcast about baseball card giveaway stuff like that. If we can get subscriber numbers up. Also, if you guys want like me to be like videotaping these and making a YouTube channel out of it, let me know. Uh, you can reach out to me. Like I said, on Twitter, PNW, uh, PNW professor, you can find me there. Uh, you can DM me privately on Facebook if you know me personally. I don't want random Joe Blows around the world messaging me, even though I wouldn't mind that. It's hard to know if you're scamming me because a lot of people these days are just scammers. So just keeping it real, keeping it real with you guys, a buck and a hundred. But uh, again, just a huge thank you to everybody who's, who's been listening. I never anticipated this kind of pod or this podcast to blow up the way it has. And I'm incredibly appreciative and, th- and, thank- and thankful for it. And with that, I'm going to be out. I'll catch you guys next time. And uh, who knows? Maybe the Mariners get get, get a trade done today. I'll, I'll catch you guys later. Peace.